Hey, welcome back once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, and today we finish the book of Romans, this incredible book that we've been walking through, and uh, and today we come to a very the very end, and uh, and I want to show you something that I just I've always found so uh, encouraging at the end of Romans, something that's incredibly insightful. And, uh, and I, I'd love to be able to spend just maybe a few days in the book of Romans chapter 16 talking about the, uh, the warning against uh, false teaching, uh, the encouragement about how God will soon crush Satan under his feet. Super, uh, super powerful, super encouraging, super interesting. But what I want to land on today, where I want to land is actually the very end of, of this book, the very end of chapter 16. And I want to draw a connection for you back to the very beginning, because I think this really brings the entire book as a whole into some clarity in our mind, specifically regarding the purpose of this book and why the Apostle Paul is writing it to, a, to the Romans and why God was inspiring him to write it so it would be passed down to us in our, in our modern day. And so let me, let me show, you, show you what I find just really encouraging and, and insightful. At the very end, this is kind of the, the close. It's really like a, a doxology. It's a, it's a closing prayer and praise. Here's what we get. Romans 16, verse 25 says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel of the preaching of Jesus Christ, According to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made, made known to all nations. This is talking about to God. This is a recognition of, of who God is, what he has done. And Paul says, according to my gospel, but then notice he says it's really the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, right? So he's, he, and then this revelation that's been unveiled, uh, unveiled to all nations. Here's what he says next. According to the command of the eternal God, here it is, to bring about the obedience of the faith, to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, this is a, a great conclusion. This is a great close. He, he just, uh, just is praising God. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only wise God, right? And in his wisdom, he has made a way. This goes back to the whole book. For us who had no righteousness before God to receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ and now to stand in that righteousness before God and now to walk in that righteousness, in that holy living. But you'll notice the highlighted portion. It says to bring about the obedience of the faith. Let's, let's thread a needle here. First of all, you were not saved by your obedience to the faith. You are by grace you are saved through faith. This is clear in scripture, abundantly clear. Make no mistake about it. There is nothing about your obedience that earns salvation. Yet, the purposes of the gospel as they work in the life of a believer, the life of the person who receives the righteousness, not because of themselves, but through faith, the purpose of God is that they would walk in the obedience of the faith. They become more like Jesus. 
They grow in wisdom and maturity and love and gentleness and boldness in truth. They, they would become more and more of the man or of the woman of God that God desires us to be in accordance with the character of Christ, specifically as revealed in the word of God. This is the obedience of the faith. This is why Paul loves to use the word walk. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Walk in the good works which God prepared beforehand for you. Walk in, in the holiness that, that we have been given. This is the obedience of the faith. Now, turn back with me all the way to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. This is the introduction. We just looked at the conclusion. Let's look at the introduction. Paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. This is what God has promised in the Old Testament scriptures. Notice Paul here, he calls it the, the gospel of God, not his gospel, because his gospel really is, it's God's gospel. Verse three, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we have received grace and apostleship. Here it is. To bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the nations. Chapter 1, verse 5. To bring about the obedience of the faith. Chapter 16, verse 26. To bring about the obedience of the faith. Brother, sister in Christ, here, here's what I want to encourage you with today. My, our ancient way for our modern day, it's really to embrace all of the ancient way of, of the life that is in Christ. It's to recognize that, that Jesus Christ, verse, uh, let's see, verse four describes Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is our Lord. He is our master. And we are we trust him. We put our faith in him and his death and resurrection. But now we live and we are to bring about the obedience of the faith. We now live obedient lives to Jesus Christ. Not obedient lives for what we can earn. It's already been given. We now live obedient lives out of gratitude and really out of a transformed heart and mind because of the radical work of the, of the gospel in the life of the believer, because of the indwelling power of the Spirit of God in the life of the, the believer, we now live aimed at the obedience of the faith. Listen very carefully. This is not legalism. So sometimes people hear when, when someone says, well, the Bible says you should live this way, and, and their response is, oh, you're just a legalist. No, listen, legalism is when we add things on top of the scripture that are not there. That is legalism. This is not legalism. This is what, what the Apostle Paul calls the obedience of the faith. This is what we, we are called to, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Here's what I want you to take away today. I want you to take away that if you are saved by grace through faith, if you have been united with Jesus, if you were in Christ, and if the Spirit of God is in you, now your life is a life that is meant to be lived according to the obedience of the faith. This means that you live by the moral expectations of God. 
You live in a way that reflects the character of God. You live in a way that, that reflects the perfect, sinless life of Jesus Christ. Now, are you going to fail? Yes. And he gives more grace. He picks us up and he shakes us off and he, he points us toward him again and he says, okay, keep going. Keep stumbling toward faithfulness. But, but it's not our faithfulness that saves us. It's not our obedience that saves us. It's his faithfulness and his obedience. I'm, I'm being repetitive, but, but let's land it right here. Yet we still walk in the obedience of the faith. So, so examine yourself for a moment. Are, are, you, a, are you a truth teller? Are you, are you bending the truth? You tell lies. Listen, obedience of the faith calls you to live in truth. Are you arrogant? Is it your? Is, are you the kind of person that you say, my way or the highway? I've got, I've got to make it happen the way I want it to. Are you forceful and domineering and manipulative? Listen, if you're in Christ, being in Christ calls you to walk in the obedience of the faith, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Are you lustful? Are, are you given to look at things online that are... are are not good for your soul, that are uh, opposite of God's design for, for the way we are to think about a man married to a woman? Are you unfaithful? Are you, are you someone who's married and who is um, being intimate with someone you're not married to? Are you someone who's unmarried and you're being intimate with someone you're not married to? Listen, you, if you're in Christ, you're called to repent of those things, to turn away from those things, to walk in a manner worthy. To, to, to live according to the obedience of the faith. Are you hateful? Are you angry? Are you mean? Are you, are you grumpy? I mean, do you, do you not have the joy of the Lord? We can go on and on. We can examine uh, countless manifestations of, of fleshly living, of fleshly desires, of fleshly thinking. And yet, as a believer in Jesus, you and I were called to leave those things behind. In faith, we repent. And now we walk in the obedience of the faith. This is your ancient way for our modern day as we come to a conclusion of this great book of Romans where we've seen that God has freely given us righteousness, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. And now, based on that, we freely live in the obedience of the faith.